Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. I have been working as a forest ranger for almost five years. A ranger's day could consist of anything from collecting firewood to tracking down missing hikers. And my day began like most. I would wake up early, walking into work and grabbing my binoculars. As I was about to drive out of the forest, I got a call. That day, I was given a new assignment. I met up with another colleague, a fellow ranger, and we went to the center of this area where somebody had been reporting hearing strange screaming coming from around a cave system nearby. My partner and I decided that I would be able to handle it by myself. He had other things to do, and this was just another run-of-the-mill investigation for me. After he left, I headed towards that area where there had been several unreported mounds to this cave system. Now, let me give you some information. This cave system runs pretty deep, and there are guided tours. 
but I also know that this cave system is very expensive and also has a lot of unidentified entrances and holes that can lead deeper into the system. These are also off trail, so myself, I've never actually experienced finding more of these, although I know hikers have reported finding many and even leaving makeshift markers to let other hikers know this was an entrance. The parts of the ground here were also dangerous, meaning if you step on the wrong part, the ground below you could collapse, falling into a tunnel. So I had to be very careful about how I approached this entire search. The good news is I wasn't hearing any screaming, so that could be good or bad news. The bad news meaning the hiker, whoever was stuck there, could have been deceased or what. But the good news being that maybe the hiker had gotten themselves out. Anyway, my heart was pounding just by the sheer adrenaline of it. I didn't know why, but something told me to run. It was this feeling in the pit of my gut. As soon as I got there, right around the cavern system, the wind picked up, and everything seemed colder than it already was. A gust. Now I could have begun my investigation in the main entrance, but as I was planning, I heard the scream. It sounded like a person, but they were maybe a couple hundred feet away north. So I marched through the trees, looking, following the source of the screaming, yelling out, Can you hear me? Can you respond? And the screaming ceased. I followed along the rock wall and found this crude hole in the ground, maybe no larger than five feet. It was right by a rotted tree stump with only one branch on it. This, I knew, probably went down into one of the cave systems. This, by the way, was probably no more than 200 feet away from the main entrance. After crouching down, I was able to slide down at a 45-degree angle into this cave system, landing in a small chamber that I think connected to the others. I always carry a flashlight with me, so I took it out and turned it on. As soon as I did that, the caves plunged into darkness as my battery instantly died. That's when I heard a loud crash. I turned around, or I should say, turned to meet the noise and my flashlight popped back on. There, like out of some sort of sick Stephen King novel, was this grotesque figure. Large black eyes covering its entire body, stretching its arms out and moving toward me. Terrified, I wanted to turn and run, but didn't have time, as there was another one of these beings coming from the opposite side of the cave approaching. I turned as fast as I could and fled up the 45-degree incline about the cave. Just as I was turning to climb up, I could hear a third one approaching from directly behind me. Now I had one coming from my left, my right, and behind me. This one, as I turned and looked, was larger than the other two. Completely terrified out of my mind, and the sounds of screaming were now apparent, coming deeper in the cavern. I don't know if it was an injured hiker, or if these things were making the noise, luring anybody into this tiny crevice, this chamber into the earth. Like I said, the opening to this cavern wasn't large, but I never in a million years would have expected to find things like this. This was horror movie status. I didn't tell anybody else about what I found and kept it to myself. After climbing out of that hole, I ran and ran and ran some more, getting back to the station later on. I didn't say a word, and I knew the other rangers wouldn't believe me. And what would I tell them? That I found a cave full of half-arachnids, half-creatures. I mean, they'd probably think I was crazy. Now, I've kept this sacred for a while, but how long can I keep it from the rest of the world? Will my story ever be told to other people, 
Or should I just stay quiet about what had happened? Let me just apologize and say I'm sorry for the formatting of the story. I'm a terrible writer, and I am not a storyteller, so I apologize in advance. But these creatures that I saw were unlike anything I've ever seen. They really reminded me if you crossed a tarantula with a human. I mean, these were gross. They made this hissing, clicking noise, too. I know it sounds phony through email, but it's really hard for me to convey emotion properly, at least through written communication. With all the information coming out anymore about missing hikers and seeing strange figures and shapes in the woods, and all the other bizarre happenings of 2020, I figured, hey, maybe now is an okay time to be open about my experiences and hopefully not experience backlash. Growing up, I always felt like my childhood home was haunted. This wasn't just because it was filled with antiques or because our front yard was surrounded by a rusty iron cemetery fence. But I constantly felt watched and had some poltergeist activity as well as sounds that shouldn't be and even some apparitions. One such apparition happened after I dropped off a friend one night. Like me, she also believed in the paranormal and had had experiences. She was interested in coming to my house to see if she was able to experience anything. She began talking out loud, supposedly recounting what the spirits were telling her. She said she could see a man walking up the stairs up to the kitchen, and as she said it, the stairs creaked like someone was actually walking on them. A few minutes later, she said he was coming back down, and the creaking happened again. Eventually, we got bored, and I took her home. I hadn't actually seen anything at that point, only heard the stairs creaking. As I pulled back in my driveway after dropping her off, I had a clear view of the kitchen window. I saw a figure standing in the window and thought nothing of it since my mom could often be seen in that window doing the dishes. I just figured my parents had come home and she was getting started on them. However, right as I stepped out of my car, it occurred to me that my parents' cars weren't in the driveway. I was the only one at the house. I quickly jumped back in my car and called my parents. They had a good laugh thinking like usual I was just being weird. But I was absolutely terrified. I'm not sure if it was that man my friend said was going up and down the stairs or something else. But it's the only time I ever saw a figure in that window. When camping with my buddies on Canyon Lake, about an hour or two outside San Antonio, Texas. This night was drenched in very bizarre occurrences, and I remember it as one of the worst nights of my life. We were swimming, fishing, drinking beers. Then things got strange. Living in a big city, I rarely got to see stars in myriads, clear and ineffable. I was admiring them with a buddy until what looked like 10 shooting stars began zooming off in different directions. My heart was racing, and I couldn't believe what we had just saw. Once the off-faded couple buddies and I went into the wooded area to play drunken hide-and-seek, we paired up. Not five minutes in, we hear our friend yell loudly. We rush towards his voice. He was hunched over by a tree. He looked at us and shook his head, saying, Dude, red eyes. I saw red eyes just staring at me, not more than 10 feet away. So we all ran back to camp. It sounded like a cliche prank, but my buddy still to this day 
sticks to his story and has trouble being alone at night. Finally, to end the night, we retired to our tents. I had a compartment tent with some friends. I was sitting outside of it with one of them when our buddy Percy walked up saying something under his breath. He finally started raving about how he needs to go home and he can't be there any longer and he started holding his head and he fell to his knees. We tried to console him and he got aggressive, got up and pushed me hard into the tent. I got upset and he said I didn't understand. I don't know what he was talking about and neither did he because he swore up and down that it never happened and that he'd never say things like that or push me. I will not be returning to Canyon Lake. True story. I went on a Bigfoot finding expedition last fall in Oklahoma. I went with a buddy who had been on a few and who would turn down some camping time. I would have categorized myself as a serious skeptic at the time, especially after last summer's Bigfoot hoax. Everybody on the expedition seemed pretty knowledgeable about the outdoors, open and very honest. We hiked some at night and some of the more experienced ghosts tried wood knocks and calls. Sometimes they would get a very faint answer. Whether it was the real deal or a local half a mile off having fun, I couldn't tell, and I wasn't entirely convinced. We did hear something in the camp near our tent at night, as there were some dead leaf cover. It definitely sounded bigger than a raccoon or opusum. Other members pointed out what they said were tracks in the leaves nearby. Nothing definitive, mind you, but they were kind of foot-shaped and dwarfed my friend's size 17 boots. My buddy and I got to go off with some very cool Gen 3 night vision equipment later in the weekend. He's about 6 foot 7 and 400 pounds, so he's no wallflower. We were about 1,000 meters or so ahead of the rest of the group on an old logging road, and we were watching some bats flying around through the night vision. I suddenly had a very uneasy feeling like I was being watched, and the hair on my neck immediately stood on end. About three seconds later, my friend whispers, something isn't right. We need to go back to the group. I have to admit my uneasy feeling went to genuine fear pretty quick. We never told anybody else about it, but he admitted that he had the same exact feeling and was pretty damn scared. All of this could have a rational explanation, pranks or the like, but it was pretty damn creepy. I'm not convinced there is something out there, but shook my skeptical view. My family owns a farm near the Missouri or Iowa border and I've had a few unsettling experiences where I felt as though I was being followed, triggering the instinctual fight-or-flight response. We have come across freshly killed deer, and there was recently a young cougar shot on a farm a few miles away, indicating the presence of a fully grown one in the area. One particular experience left me so frightened that I refused to go back there. Behind Fort Leavenworth lies the Missouri River, with miles and miles of swamp and forest that are off-limits to people. One night, we were camping a few miles downstream from the fort, equipped with a high-powered spotlight emitting millions of candle power. We directed its beam towards some points that jutted out into the river. On one of those points, something reflected back at us two eerie yellow eyes. As soon as the spotlight illuminated the reflections, they swiftly retreated back into the depths of the forest. 
About an hour later, as we sat by our campfire fishing, a large rock flew over our heads and plunged into the water in front of us. Startled, we hastily left the area and sought refuge in the city park where other campers were gathered. The next morning, we returned to the campsite and discovered the rock that had narrowly missed us. It must have weighed around 25-30 pounds, and the location from which it was thrown was uphill from where we were seated, defying any logical explanation. My hunting partner Ed and I were into the second week of the Oregon bow season. It was about six when we came upon a stock pond. These ponds are fed by a small spring or small creek. We decided to circumnavigate it to see if we could see what was watering in the area. I went left, Ed went to the right. I hadn't gone far when I came to a depression in the muddy gravely pond edge. It looked like a very big heavy person had left a footprint there. I got down and saw that there were toe impressions at the front. Well, I called Ed over to see this, and he said there was another one behind the first. We backtracked the prints and found what appeared to be skid marks on the hillside of the pond. This was just next to the small trickle of water which fed the pond. The hair on the back of my neck stood right up. We went up the hill for about 40 yards, but found indistinguishable impressions in the trashy undergrowth. We went back down and tracked them in the other direction, and the impressions overturned pebbles. Broken and bent grasses went about 100 yards down a hill into a ravine thick with manzita and small scrub oak. We then went back to the foot tracks and covered them with logs so they wouldn't be destroyed. Went home and got some plaster of Paris. We made the impressions and we were shocked to find that there were definitely toes on one cast, the other was in too much gravel to make a good impression. At the same time, I took some pictures of Ed stretching to match the stride of the prints. The next week, we went into the same area, same skid road, about 300 yards past the stock tank. We were walking side by side when something to my left and slightly behind us, up the hill, approximately 100 yards, something caught my eye. I spun around to see what it was, and to my astonishment, I saw a pair of legs running into the thick underbrush. I couldn't see all of it because of the trees. My impression was of a two-legged creature animal, with long brown hair on the legs running away from us. Ed saw the branches swinging back into place, but saw nothing else. We both got spooked and quickly went back to the truck and never hunted there again. I gave the plaster cast to my nephew in San Jose, California, and have never seen them again. I still have the photos of Ed stretching to match the stride. The footprints measured 18 foot long by six across the heel and eight foot across the ball of the foot. I got some hair samples from a star thistle down in the ravine and I still have them. I have to preface this story by saying that what I'm about to recount is a true story. I know it sounds like something out of a horror movie, but I assure you, every word I'm about to share is as real as the road I drive on. My name is Jack, and I've been a trucker for over a decade. I've seen my fair share of strange things on the open road. So it was a usual route for me, driving along a desolate highway late at night. The moon was obscured by heavy clouds, casting an eerie glow over the barren landscape. That's when I saw him, standing on the side of the road, thumb outstretched. 
The hitchhiker seemed ordinary enough at first glance, dressed in worn-out jeans and a tattered jacket. With a sigh, I decided to offer him a ride. Little did I know that decision would alter the course of my life forever. As the journey progressed, I couldn't shake an unsettling feeling. Strange occurrences began to unfold, and I started to question my decision to pick up this hitchhiker. The air in the cab grew heavy with an otherworldly presence, and I caught glimpses of an unnatural shadow out of the corner of my eye. It was as if the very fabric of reality was shifting around us. Then, without warning, the hitchhiker's face twisted in agony, and he vomited onto the floor of the truck. I immediately pulled over, concern etched across my face. Are you okay? I asked, my voice trembling with worry. But as I glanced at him, something unfathomable happened. The hitchhiker's body convulsed and contorted in an inhuman manner. His form began to change before my eyes, morphing into a creature that defied all logic. It was a creature I struggled to find words to describe, but I'll do my best. It was completely white, bald, impossibly thin, and its humanoid shape lacked any discernible facial features. No eyes, no nose, nothing. It loomed over me, crouched in a position that made its true height difficult to determine. But let me tell you, it was towering at least nine feet tall. Fear coursed through my veins, overpowering any sense of rationality. In a panic, I threw open the door and sprinted as fast as my trembling legs could carry me. I didn't look back. I didn't dare. Only after what felt like an eternity did I finally slow down and catch my breath. But the creature was nowhere in sight. It hadn't followed me. After gathering my wits, I cautiously made my way back to the truck. My heart sank as I realized it was empty, as if the hitchhiker and the creature had vanished into thin air. Confusion and dread consumed me. To this day, I can't explain what I saw or what became of the hitchhiker or the creature. All I know is that my encounter that night was undeniably real. Growing up, we had a big house on the water set back a couple acres from the road. Most of the land around us was swamp, and when I was 14, my dog brought up part of a human arm. Mom and I were binging Heroes 2007 and Biscuit got out. We ignored him, and I saw the dog rush past the library window with what looked like a big all-fish swinging in his jaw. I go onto bed, and she hollers for me and comes to my room wide-eyed. I don't what this is. I go out and it's past the truck and garage in the wide empty space that was there. I shine a light on it and I'm not quite sure what I'm seeing. It's a piece of flesh with three little bones sticking out of one end. My vision does a complete 360 and I curse and look at mom who looks terrified. Ma, you need to call the cops. The police show up, poke it with a stick, then put it in a bag and hold it out the window as they drove to the substation. We later heard reports on CNN about people being cut up and their bodies strewn all along the panhandle. The arm was large and flabby with what looked like a small pox scar. Our area used to be a hiding place for criminals and bodies. People used to find corpses in their yards after heavy rains. We even had a guy break out of prison transport and run through our yard in the middle of the night. Gotta love Florida.
I was around 15 years old and lived and still living there in the wonderful Bavarian landscape in a small village. As you might know, we in Bavaria are proud of our tradition and our beer, and so we had something what you would call a party or carnival, only for people of our village. As I was the cool boy in our village, I told the other kids what we can play. We played football soccer first, but I got bored and asked my friends if we are going to run around the village and play with our wooden and a friend of mine, even had a softer, just a weak one, though guns. So we went into barns and, and all that stuff and shoot each other. It was great fun. Till one point we were in a barn of an old farmer, but everyone liked him because he always gave us sweets and told us funny things. He was 83 at that point. One room of the barn was the old slaughter room. When we played in there, in front of us was an old door, but it was locked. But I could have sworn I heard something like a quiet clicking. Generally, it was a really old barn, and my dad told me that it has some underground tunnels and rooms cause of the World War Roman II. The years did pass, and the old man died. His wife died almost ten years ago, and the only son and heir decided to demolish the old barn. What they found in the room with the locked door is still kinda a mystery, and police and news were all at the place. But nobody besides the police and the special teams knew what it was. Later, the newspapers got the information that there was an old bomb of the WW2. But fortunately, my dad helped the son with the work and saw it first together with the son. He never told me till a few months ago. Until that day, only few people knew the real story. He basically built something like a throne of old WW2 souvenirs as a national coat of arms and pictures of Hitler. There were old radios and metal of Nazis and a lot of letters in which he wrote about operate behind enemy lines, and in which he wrote to his wife, and that she has to be quiet. In the middle of the room there was the bomb, and it was indeed still ticking, and one of the best obtained bombs of the World War, and is now in a museum. Diffused. No one knew he was that guy. I was so shocked, and I can only tell you that people in our village still tell rumors about more tunnels and hidden rooms. I was on my golf cart by myself, and it was completely dark outside and quiet. I live in a neighborhood surrounded by farmland and woods throughout various spots. I was driving but pulled over because this giant beetle was on my shirt. It pinched me and freaked me out. I pulled over next to a stretch of woods and struggled to get it off of me. In the woods nearby I heard walking, like perhaps a deer walking around, so I wasn't scared. Yet, the sounds got louder and closer. The walking had gotten so loud it sounded unreal. Something out of Jurassic Park like a dinosaur stomping. The walking had gotten overwhelmingly loud and extremely close, so I slammed on the gas and get the F out. I looked behind me but couldn't see anything, but felt shivers down my spine because I swear it was inches behind me. Not sure if this has anything to do with it, but I was talking about skinwalkers with my sister and doing some research. So I hope that didn't invite anything, but I can't even describe how loud the stomping was. It sounded unreal and was seriously terrifying. My partner and I first heard these stories from a co-worker who overheard another officer talking about it. We thought and were convinced they were making the whole thing up. 
But one night, me and my partner decided to drive around the park to see if we can find anything weird for ourselves. We head down this lone dirt road, tall grass on either side, and suddenly, three deer burst out in the dark to our right. Our headlights caught them moving just as they ran into the trees on the left. So naturally, we could tell they were being chased by something. We turned off the headlights and began moving very slowly, keeping an eye out for anything big. We drove slowly, more and more down the winding road until finally, something came into view in front of us. It looked like a large, hairy man crouched over. And as soon as it came out, you could just see its silhouette against the cold night sky. And since it was so dark, I couldn't see much. But the thing kind of turned around and began moving in our direction, and then moved away. As soon as my partner and I saw it, we got this really weird feeling, like something terrible was about to happen. So we quickly turned our headlights on. By that point, it was already gone. We pulled out of there, left pretty quickly. I don't even want to acknowledge what that could have been. I don't think I'm ready to accept that reality just yet. My uncle usually hosts winter parties at his house every year. One year his basement was flooded, so we had no choice but to hold the party somewhere else. It was held at a nearby lodge. On the side of the lodge was a road, and across the road was a small section of trees with a pond in it. An hour or two before the party ended, my cousin and I were outside near that road. We heard a noise coming from the trees, which sounded like something stomping in the pond. Note that when I say stomping, I really do mean stomping, not just some animal swimming around in there, like something was deliberately and forcefully doing God knows what in that pond. My cousin and I went inside and told our other cousin, and the three of us went back out. Being teenagers and all, we decide, hey, let's throw rocks. So that's essentially what we do. A few rocks in, another rock lands in front of us. Whatever was in there threw a rock back. We all went back in and told our other cousin, our older and more smart cousin, who decided, hey, let's go over there. We start heading over to the trees, and pretty much as soon as the older cousin sets foot on the grass, the stomping gets faster and louder. As Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. If whatever it was was running at us, we all ran back into the lodge and stayed inside for the rest of the night. True, this could have been a person, but it just doesn't make sense. What were they doing in there that late? What were they doing in there at all? I still think about what it could have been. It doesn't help that my cousins don't even remember. So there's a mountain range known as Kiarkanoš separating Poland and the Czech Republic. About eight years ago, I was coming back from Prague to Rocklaw and missed the last bus from the Czech side Herichov to the Poland side Szklarska Porpa. It was summer about 7 p.m., so there was still a lot of light 
I decided to cross the mountains through a low pass, figured I'd reach Poland before dawn. The journey had been uneventful until about 2 a.m. That's when I started hearing a high-pitched, wailing sound. It sounded a lot like a whale's call. It felt terribly sad and lonely. I started looking around, searching for its source. The moon was high and the sky was clear, so the visibility was really good. I saw it among the trees about a 100 meters from me. It was moving slowly, carefully testing the ground before proceeding. Its siren's call made me shiver. The creature looked like a giant spider with a bat's head placed on a long, thin neck. Its ears were huge and probably highly sensitive it turned its head, as if noticing my presence, but it didn't seem to mind me and continued to move slowly and wail. It was about three meters long, one five meter tall. It didn't do anything paranormal except for well existing. What I felt wasn't exactly terror, it was more of awe and profound sadness. I remember thinking it might be the last one of its kind, that its calls had been a dying song. After watching it for a few minutes, I proceeded to follow the trail and eventually reached the town of Szklarska Porba around 5 a.m. I remember feeling really strange for a couple of days afterwards. This was on an elk hunting trip. My friend and I was going to meet one of our party at a point on a road in the early evening. While walking along the logging road, we came up on these huge tracks in the road. They were on the road and off the road into the trees, then back onto the road like it was wandering. And also there were more than one size tracks. Some were smaller than the others. The farther we walked, the more tracks we found. By the time we met our friend, we thought we wouldn't say anything and see what he would say about the tracks. He said, well, I didn't see any elk, but these tracks are all over the place. We headed back to camp and the next day we headed home. There is no doubt in my mind that these tracks were made by a mighty big creature. The tracks were about 18 inches long and 8 inches wide on the big ones, and maybe 15 inches on the smaller ones. They had to be very heavy to crush the hard snow down to the roadbed like it did. I was walking down this old overgrown road just after sunset. I was hunting with my dad, but he was like a couple hours up the trail besides me. Because the area we were hunting in is known for cougars, I was carrying a pistol along with my 300 caliber Savage hunting rifle. We were black-tailed deer hunting. Anyways, along the way up I got this really spooky feeling. I picked up my pace and grabbed my flashlight out of my backpack. I kept on walking. Then after a good 20 minutes of walking I unchamber my rifle and sling it so it's easier to carry because it's been 30 minutes past sunset. I'm still walking, I got like a mile left on the trail. That spooky feeling just keeps on getting more intense. I start picking up my pace. Eventually I hear a loud stick break to my left behind me, up on top of the hill. Turn around and shine my light and see it for a second, and I swear it looked like a cougar so I got out my pistol and loaded the chamber. I shouted loudly at it to try to scare it off, seemed like it worked. I put the safety back on and holstered the weapon. I start jogging, only like one-fourth mile left. Then like 100 feet before I get to the end of a road, a jackrabbit hops out and starts flying my way. 
Me being spooked as shit, I pulled my pistol and shot at it twice. I hit it once and it went down. As it's clearly dead, I run the truck, where my father is waiting, as he's scrambling to grab his rifle to see what the F happened. As I run up to him, he asks what the F was that, and I tell him. He then tells me to calm down and helps me take off my backpack. After 10 minutes or so, we go back to go collect the rabbit, but it's missing. I see the pool of blood where it died, right next to some cougar tracks. We don't hunt there anymore. I grew up in rural Oregon in the Coast Range. This is a mountainous area that is technically a northwest rainforest. Heavy undergrowth, untouched in most of the spots that we spent time in as kids. We weren't afraid of the forest. Our house backed right up against it. Atop that, we had a guard dog that would start barking like a maniac if anyone or thing wandered near the property. While my friends and I were playing that stupid game at twilight where you shoot an arrow in the air and then run around hoping it doesn't fall and pierce your brain. A novice archer haha, we all were shot one arrow that went way off and landed out somewhere in the trees. My two friends and I wandered into the forest towards it, but stopped looking almost immediately seeing a strange green glow. The glow we found while trudging in deeper was due to worms on leaves. Glowworms are a thing, apparently, and a surprise because this was the first time we'd seen them. Well, we did what kids do, started collecting them. The next moment is frozen in my head because of its abruptness. Head down, pursing the leaves for worms, a loud crashing started up just up the mountain from us. This wasn't far away, though, it was really close meaning whatever it was had been there while we rifled through the plants. Two of us saw the cause. Something very large and on two legs running down the hill at us. I would have thought human, except I could see the outline, and this thing had no head over its shoulders. So, hulking headless thing running at us through the sword ferns and the fallen trees. We got the F out of there. Not to mention we weren't far from home. Maybe 5,000 feet. I don't remember hearing anything past the run which came out of someone's mouth. My parents didn't believe me. There really aren't any bears out in that area, just cougars and bobcats. I went back out the next day to verify that both the glowworms and the headless thing were real, but found evidence of neither. It was later on in my life that I saw the worms again, but never the headless. Whatever. Now keep in mind that I am very skeptical and don't even trust my own memory. If there was something like that in the woods, we'd have found some evidence. No one was camping in that area because, well, we'd have seen them at some other point. I grew up wandering the forest constantly, but the primal fear of being chased remains. Good day, recently I went on a camping trip and ended up camping in the Black Hills National Forest in South Dakota. Nothing out of the ordinary besides a warning of bad weather and a general uneasy feeling going in. I assumed it was just anxiety from driving all day and the fact that I haven't tent camped without a group in years. I'm outdoorsy and trusted myself. I'm extremely respectful to land, especially forest, and was picking up garbage and burying waste when I found it. Me and my girl arrive to the site rather late, it's last minute, and we decide to camp not too far off a dirt road in a designated camping spot with the tent and blankets in my truck. 
We set up the tent and watch the sun set before falling asleep in the tent. I have the feeling to leave my firearm locked up in my truck for some reason and decide to listen to my gut on this one. We crawl into bed and drift off to the sound of rain in the forest. I knew it was the anniversary of the Deadwood Flood, but I don't pay too much mind to it. I awake at an unknown time to the sound of the tent zipper being opened. I sit straight up and see a face of pure black staring at me in the darkness with a massive grin on its face. All I can make out is eyes and a smile. I'm frozen in terror and blink a couple times to find it gone and the tent untouched. My girl who was laying next to me asks me if I'm okay and I just say it was a nightmare, but I was okay and not to worry about me and to go back to bed. She falls asleep and I lay staring at the rain cover frozen in shock for a few hours. I've had night terrors or hallucinations, but nothing like this. It was too real, and it was too vivid to be a dream. This is her first time camping, so I decided not to tell her in fear of scaring her away from something we both discovered we enjoyed together. I taught her to leave everything better than how you found it and how to be respectful and responsible, and there was no bad intentions from either of us. I haven't paid much mind to it until tonight after talking about it with my roommate. I took it more as a warning than a threat. I've had spiritual encounters multiple times in my life, all of which being positive and giving me guidance, but this was different. Not a single word was spoken, and I was genuinely scared for the first time. We left in a hurry with the excuse of getting on the road. I'm still freaked out. I'm mostly seeking guidance on recourses and to get opinions on what this could be. Don't normally follow this kind of community, so excuse me if I missed anything. Feel free to ask questions. I work as an inspection clerk for a real estate agency in a medium-sized town mining town. Needless to say, I see a lot of houses. It's worthy noting that a lot of houses are creepy as hell. With big inspections, I could be in the house till it's getting dark out. In my job, I take pictures of a range of categories in an area, for example, walls, ceiling, windows, floor, cupboards, you get the picture. Noises, ticks, and tacks are common accurates. I attribute them to the house settling, or the roof getting hot and cold, etc. One day, one of the agents comes to me and asks me to go do an inspection on a house she was too freaked out to do herself. This house had my hair on edge the moment I got in the front door. I would describe my feeling as an urge to get out, or that I am in danger. From the start my senses are up in arms. They normally are as I am always aware that someone could come in behind me. I always lock the gates and main doors behind me because of this. Putting my feelings aside, I start my work. Doing the entrance the dining room and get to the living room. There is a door to the front yard in the living room and I note that the windows, door, and curtains fixtures are of an old style, so I note the house must be pretty old. I start by hearing someone's feet shuffling coming from the hallway behind me like the morning in slippers going to make coffee with a yawn type of shuffle. I pause for a bit and listen, but it doesn't happen again, so I go back to work. Down the hallway there is a mirror at the end with two rooms on my right and two bathrooms to my left, I go into the first room on the right. I notice a strong odor and think it must be the carpet turns out it was rotten. A lot of stains on the carpet and as I'm typing this out I hear a voice. 
I thought it was the agent checking up on me, so I walk to the front door and see nothing. So I go back to work feeling a little more on edge. I go back to working marking down the stains on the carpet, and this time hear a distinctive no. I stop dead in my tracks and start looking around the room really freaked out. I finish the room and head to the main bedroom. I finish up the room without much happening. I'm walking out of the room into the hall typing notes on my phone. Out of the corner of my eye, I see something that looks like a person in the mirror directly on my right standing at the end of the hall. I turn to the mirror and it's gone. I look down the hall and there's nothing. I let out quite a big gasp as this happened and chuckled at myself. Heading into the room in front of me that leads to an entertainment area. I hear the shuffling again from the hall. Now I'm really standing there listening. The first bedroom's door slams shut. Panicing him going through the whole house trying to find someone messing with me. Nothing comes up. I hear a female voice loudly saying move. This time I heard it. I really just freaking heard that. I start to head to the front door because at this stage my nerves have had it. As I get to the front door, the first room's door that I have opened again slams shut. So now I'm noping it out of the house. I stand outside collecting my nerves to go back in. I say a prayer for myself and go back into the entertainment area. Nothing much happens after that. Just some shuffling and haul as before, but eventually I'm too far to hear it. I finish the inspection and start heading out. Unlocking the front door I hear now, in the same voice. By this point I'm freaking done with this and I just say back, yeah yeah I'm leaving and hightail it out if they're as fast as I could. Later I learned the man staying there had lost his job and wife in the same month. His mother was sickly and in bed most of the time in that first room hence the smell and the stains. I am unsure if she passed away in the house. All I know is he went missing for four months not paying rent and was evicted. The maintenance guy comes comes to me after the work is done and said dude that house is freaky telling me his guys were telling him stories about stuff happening like light switches turning on by themselves and moans and noises. The house if now being rented by the mines for their workers. I haven't heard from them yet. I was a Baltimore Police Department detective. And at the time, in early 2021, I worked directly out of the northern district in the city. On the night in question, I was in my office at home late at night in suburban Howard County, Maryland. I live alone. I often would find myself unable to sleep at night, so I would head to my office to work. That particular night, I was going through a case file that I was working on. Then I heard an unusual noise. It was just different enough from anything I was used to hearing around the house that it caught my attention, not to mention it was around 2 o'clock in the morning. It sounded like something heavy was hitting the ground. It was coming from the yard behind the house. I stood up and I cocked my head to the side to try and pinpoint the exact location. But as I listened closer, I realized that it sounded like it might actually be much closer to the house, like right outside the kitchen in the back. I stepped away from my desk and I moved towards my office door. My office was just down the hall from the kitchen, so I opened the door slowly and stepped out to investigate, but first I listened again to be sure I was correct on the direction it was coming from. Sure enough, I heard it again from the area outside the kitchen. 
I started to make my way down the hallway, and as I got closer, the noise got louder. I reached the kitchen, and I looked toward the door. The noise had gone silent, almost like whatever was making the noise knew I was listening to it. I slowly and very quietly opened the door to the outside. When I did, I was shocked at what I was looking at. Standing on the patio, moving around and making the noise, was a creature, unlike anything I had ever seen before. It was about seven feet tall and totally covered in black and reddish-brown fur. It had a long snout with teeth protruding at odd angles. The creature turned towards me when the door opened, almost like it instinctively knew I was there. I was totally quiet when I opened the door. The creature quickly focused on me and lunged toward me hissing. I quickly stepped back inside and shut the door. I had to think fast and determine a suitable plan of action. I decided to head back to my office where I hoped to watch it undetected from my office window. I proceeded to look through the window, but it wasn't long before I heard the sounds of the creature breaking into the house through the kitchen door. I pulled out my gun and I aimed it down the hallway. As I slowly opened the office door, I could hear, but not see, the creature in the kitchen. I listened as it was moving around with a lot of force and stepping heavily on the wood floor. I could also hear it snorting as it moved about. It sounded like something out of a horror film. I thought that if I just stayed quiet it might just leave, which would have been the optimal outcome. I listened to it for a while while it moved in the kitchen, but then I heard it go into the dining room. I could hear glass breaking and furniture being shoved around. It seemed to be very angry. I finally opened my office door all the way and stepped out completely into the hallway. I slowly walked towards the dining room with my gun still raised. As soon as I got close, I peeked my head around the corner. It turned its head towards me and instantly started to growl. It had an angry look on its face with a human-like expression. I sensed that it wanted to tear me apart right there. But instead of rushing and attacking me, it suddenly went silent again. It quickly rushed back to the kitchen and hurled itself out through the back door. I didn't know what to think at that point. On one hand, I was relieved that it had left, but at the same time, I somehow felt concerned that it may return at some point. I decided then and there that I would find out more about this creature. My confusion and fear turned into anger. I wanted to know who or what this thing was and why it had come into my house. I've done a lot of research, mainly online, but it's been difficult to find anything that really matched what happened. I wondered why it came into the house and what it was looking for. The other descriptions online were generally similar. It was bipedal with pointed ears, large yellow-tinged eyes, and canine-like teeth. It also had a very pungent sulfur-like odor that I can still smell in my memory. My research led to your blog and my contacting you. I have many questions and would like to talk. I still live in the same house, but I currently work for another local law enforcement department. I have not seen the creature since that night, but I instinctively know that it still roams in my area. I wish to remain completely anonymous and discreet about my encounter. My encounter with a Bigfoot happened when I was 11, which was eight years ago. I lived near Childress, Texas. I was out playing in the backyard against the tree line. I was playing with rocks and sticks, 
Then I noticed trash leading into the woods, so I started to follow it and picked up the trash. Then all of a sudden I heard leaves crunching and I looked around and I saw a deer just standing there. I didn't bother the deer and continued to pick up the trash. As I was doing so I felt something watching me. At first I thought it was the deer, but I looked, and it wasn't looking at me so I kept looking at the deer and all of a sudden the deer looked up and stood there not looking at me but to the left. So I followed its view and I saw something tall and black standing behind some trees. I didn't know what it was so I just watched it and the deer. I kept watching them for about a minute, then the deer took off and once I looked over at the other thing I saw that it was watching me. I didn't feel like I was in danger so I picked up the rest and stood up. I looked around for it, but it was gone I didn't know exactly what I saw, but it felt friendly like it was watching over me while I was picking up the trash. I didn't see it again after that. I still went into the woods to play hoping it would come back, but it didn't. As I've grown older, I'm sure that this black creature was a Bigfoot. I was underway on a submarine. There were about 125 men on board, but I was standing lookout on the surface. So it was just me and a single officer on the bridge. Normally we would also have a gunner up there, but we were in the about as far from any other human as you can physically be on Earth, over one of the deepest parts of the ocean in the middle of the night. Mind you, in the sail bridge of a submarine, you are 20-ish feet above the surface of the water. Well, on one of my visual sweeps, I notice I cannot see the stern light. I tell the officer, because if the stern light is out, you are breaking the law. Then we both realize the entire boat is slowly disappearing below us. It was a large, slow-moving wave crawling up the ship. When we were at the top of the wave, I put my hand down and touched the water. Again, I should have been more than 20 feet above that water. If that wave had been another 10 feet higher, there is a good chance the officer and I would not be alive. Our self-inflating vests would have gone off, and we would have been anchored to the ship by our harnesses. Helpless little boys getting dragged along by the ship in ocean. Then we would have crashed against the hull and masts as the wave passed. We immediately called the captain to secure the bridge because of hazardous conditions, and he approved of this. When we got below decks, we found out that the wave had drained hundreds of thousands gallons of seawater through the drainage ports in the sail. This was an otherwise calm night. We were often told to be on the lookout for rogue waves, especially then, because two sailors on another submarine had been killed by one a few months earlier. The only rogue wave I ever experienced I could not see coming till it was at my feet. After years of sailing, this was the night I truly realized what a scary place the ocean could be. So back in high school when I lived in my hometown, I used to go stargazing at night by hiking into the hills. One of my favorite points overlooked a large housing tract on the north side of the town, but was relatively secluded with how the hills formed a crest line above these residences. More importantly, this crest line blocked a significant amount of light pollution and allowed for better star viewing. So one night, I took a friend with me up into the hills to go stargazing. She and I were pretty all right friends, but I mostly asked her along because I preferred not to be alone out at night if I could help it. 
Plus, I was definitely feeling down and needed someone to talk with about how I'd been feeling lately. So while we're stargazing, she and I got to talking and eventually I really broke down and cried. We had probably been up there at least a few hours, so it was really late at this point, and we were about a mile up in the hills. So as I'm calming down my friend gets really quiet. I notice she's staring up into the peaks of the foothills and I follow her gaze. And up behind the peaks, I suddenly noticed there's an incredibly dark patch in the sky. Now, to elaborate a little, at this point I wasn't on drugs, or drinking, or in any way hallucinating. In fact, at the time, I really prided myself on always relying on rational and reasonable explanations for phenomena in the world. But this was something otherworldly. The best I can describe this thing was as a relatively large, dark patch, seemingly spherical in shape, but also with something more angular orbiting its center, as though the orbiting object was turning itself end over end, while the central, gyroscope-like center was flying in a wide arc around the foothill mountain tops. It felt as though it was relatively close, as these foothills are not particularly tall, but was entirely silent. She and I watched the thing fly for a few minutes, whereby it dipped behind some hills and never resurfaced. I will say we definitely saw it weave its way around some peaks, so it wasn't just something tethered and certainly wasn't something floating without direction. The thing had deliberate, slow movement, always turning end over end around that inner sphere circle-like object. It wasn't easy to see because of the low light conditions, but the stars and hills provided some backdrop to distinguish the figure from the background. Now, logically, we both agreed that there had to be an explanation. Our hometown features a reserve Air Force base, and it is possible that it was something for meteorological purposes, or even something more stealthy from the base. But to this day, she and I have no idea what we saw in those hills. After that object dipped away, we promptly hiked back to our car and drove off. We kept talking about it for the rest of the night, freaking each other out with alien stories about potentially avoiding being abducted, but to this day I maintain it was probably military-related. Anyway, that's my UFO story. I have a number of other Hicken camping stories too, but this one seemed to be the most creepy. Though there was also the time I was on a three-day hike in the desert, found a knife in some rocks on the first day, and then on the second night had the sky open up and reveal thousands of stars due to natural phenomenon unbeknownst to me at the time. It was mysterious and amazing when I was in the moment of it though.